listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Pay Chen with you on Saturdays from 3 to 4 p.m. If this sounds a little new to you, it's because I've moved from Sunday nights. Uh, great to join you on a Saturday afternoon. Now, it seems that, uh, you know, once Halloween is over, it's a full-on countdown to Christmas, which means for many people, you start thinking about having people over, planning and hosting your casual get-togethers or dinners. But um, if one of your guests is vegetarian or vegan, what do you do? Do you just feed them mashed potatoes? Coming up later on the show, vegan chef and registered holistic nutritional consultant, Chef Lauren Marshall, will join me with some ideas on accommodating the vegetarian or vegan guests that you might be hosting and you might be just kind of grumbling that you have to make a special meal for them, but that's not the case. Uh, she's now based in Halifax, which means I like her a lot already because, as you know, that's where I'm from. And uh, she'll have some great ideas to share on making your holidays easy and delicious. Also coming up later in this hour, uh, guess what? Winter skin. It's gross. It's dry. It's flaky. It's dull. So beauty expert Chantal Gertin, often seen on the Marilyn Dennis Show, she'll join me to tell you why... Oil is the new beauty trend that might save your skin. So that's all coming up later this hour. But my first guests in studio are here to talk about a really important issue affecting many men and women. But we are sort of speaking a bit specifically about women and also younger women. So listen in to, you know, protect yourself, also your loved ones. Type 2 diabetes is a condition that is often considered a disease that only affects older adults. And I've thought that for years. But it's not totally true. Tracy Reese is a busy entrepreneur, mother of two teenagers, also often seen on uh, television for her parenting and sleep advice. They call her the sleep doula, or I also know that they call you like the sleep whisperer. People always say that. (laughs) Um, But she had a fairly recent type 2 diabetes diagnosis. And here to give us the professional side of things is Dr. Richard Titus, a family physician in Hamilton and associate professor of family medicine at McMaster University. So, um, Tracy, I've known you through mutual friends for a couple of years, but that means that I see you like once a year, usually, like at someone's holiday gathering. And you've lost a considerable amount of weight in the past few years, and that is tied in with your diabetes diagnosis, right? Absolutely. My first loss was about 35 pounds on my diagnosis, and then I kind of slipped again, and then my most recent loss was from when I was originally diagnosed, 90 pounds. So That's, a, that's incredible. Yes. So when were you diagnosed with type 2 diabetes? When I turned 42, so nearly wow. three years ago. Wow. So then, of course, that forces you to change your lifestyle dramatically. Oh, absolutely. As uh, I'm the non-drinker, and I had a liver equal to that of an alcoholic when I was diagnosed. (gasps) Really? And your sugar levels, and the doctor can speak more to it, should be between 5 and 7. Mine were between 19 and 24. So That just seems... Was it because you were consuming a lot of sugar? Like, you kind of looking at me like... Coca-Cola was my best friend. (laughs) Oh, wow. So I'm sure that that's not something that you welcome into your life much now. Uh, But Dr. Titus, let's clarify, for because I was even a bit confused about this. When I hear diabetes, I know enough to know that there's uh, type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. I'm not totally sure what the difference is. Okay, so type 2 diabetes, by definition, is maturity onset. Having said that, the problem was, or is... 
most people think maturity onset is when you're in your 50s and 60s, but that's changed over the last few years. Now I have maturity onset diabetes, type 2 diabetes in my patients, and some of my patients are teenagers. So it, the spectrum is moving younger and younger and younger. And what do you contribute that to? Well, I, what, we contribute to, what we contributed to is our crazy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And what do we do? You know, we, so the young kids today, the younger people, what do they do? They, they sit at home, they're not active, they don't participate in activity, and their diets, their diets are terrible. So there's a lifestyle. So I think lifestyle is the biggest contributor to diabetes and obesity. So if we're trying to raise awareness about uh, type 2 diabetes, that's because you can, can you push it off for, like if you live really healthy, but you have, you know, some genetic predisposition to having type 2 diabetes, could you avoid it or is it inevitable? Well, if, if you have the genetic predisposition, the environment is the trigger. So if you know that in your family there's people with diabetes, you have to be proactive. You have to be proactive right now. So you have to make sure that you watch your diet. You have to make sure that you're, you're active. Make sure that you have enough sleep. And if you're under stress, you have to monitor your stress levels. That's, then you have to do it now. It's, you know, it's hard to monitor stress levels. People are, you know, they're, they've got so much on the go that it's, um, I find, especially like when I look at Tracy, for example, you've got two teenage boys, you've got your own business, you tend to put yourself last, right? Like, because all this stuff has to happen. Well, Tracy's like the perfect example, and I see it all the time. I have women in their 40s and 50s, they come in, they bring their kids. And, you know, I says, well, why don't you come for a checkup? They say, no, I don't have time because I have to take care of the house. I have to take care of the kids. I've got a business. I've got to take care of my mom or my dad. And do they come in? Do they come in for a checkup? No. And, and Tracy's the example. And then all of a sudden, the wheels fell off and she says, I feel terrible. There's something wrong with me. Now, if someone doesn't have uh, diabetes in their family, should they be as concerned or do they have a bit of a, you know, um, get out of jail free card? You wish. Mm. Okay. Right now in Canada, we have 3 million diabetics. We have 60,000 new diabetics every single year. So everyone's at risk. And children, is that... Um should that be a big concern for parents who have little kids? Should they should they be really worried now, or is it something that they think, well, you know, maybe when they're in their teens and a bit older, um, we'll you know monitor that a little bit more, or, you know, make those changes? Well, that would be nice, but we have to be aware at the very beginning. And when we're talking about lifestyle changes, so it's not only for Tracy right now, but it's it impacts our whole family. So it's a lifestyle change for the whole family. It's doing things differently, doing things better. Now, um, Tracy, so you've been diabetic for three years and then you've lost a considerable amount of weight because you suddenly realized you had to. Oh, absolutely. I was, I, I was sick as a dog when I did get diagnosed. Wow. Um, you know, as a person who works nights, sometimes five, six nights a week. Yeah, so just a reminder, so Tracy, what she does as a sleep doula is this is your own business. You sometimes move in with families who are, who are having trouble uh, with their young children or their babies, like establishing a good sleep pattern, right? Correct. So I'm teaching healthy sleep habits, but of course I probably have the worst sleep <laughs> habits of everybody out there. And so when I got diagnosed, I really needed to pay attention to that, you know, I needed to decrease my hours. 
Um, I needed to, in a sense, you know, I was always on the go. I would be coming home, running here, running there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I needed to eat better um, in the sense of, you know, I was doing pizza pizza or, you know, mm-hmm. doing all, lots of little, you know, on the go restaurants. So making healthier choices and also finding time for me in the sense of doing some healthy choices in a sense. I love my Fitbit because it would make me go outside and make sure that I get at least, you know, 10,000 steps in a day. Right. Now, how did you know that something was wrong? Because I, you know, a lot of times you just feel crummy. You're like, Ugh, I'm coming down with something or I'm low energy because I had to work the past five nights or, you know, there's always a, I find oftentimes we can attribute it to something, but how did you know there was something really wrong? For me, there was a few things. One is that I, you know, frequent urination. Mm-hmm. I could drink a liter of milk just standing at the fridge. I was so thirsty and dehydrated. Um, and the biggest one for me, and my factory's been closed for a long time, was I felt nauseous and actually felt pregnant was my feeling. Really? And so, you I know, it my didn't. factory was closed for a long time. <laughs> but, and so that was the key was there, there was these combination of these three factors that just made me feel so crappy. And one day I just thought my girlfriend's daughter's a type one diabetic. And I said, can I borrow, do you have an extra glucose kit? Oh. And I checked my sugar levels and that's when I was like, oh, and both of my parents are diabetics. So oh. I knew this was coming for me. That's int- so you knew because you had it in your family. And were you just in denial up until your 40s that you well, thought it's not, it's, that can't be it? No, just like, you know, like Dr. Titus says, is I wasn't expecting it until I was turning 50 or 60. When my dad was diagnosed, he was older and he was l- u- losing his eyesight. So again, I, my eyes were perfect. I wasn't looking, I guess, for the, sur- the same thing. You thought you had another 10 years of Coca-Cola. Absolutely. <laughs> And then that turned out not to be true. So you were feeling crummy for a long time. For a good month before I Mm -hmm. finally started putting my pieces together. And then I, you know, did a glucose test and knew something was up, went to the doctors. Um, The one doctor gave me, you know, a requisition to check my sugar levels and then saw my saw the results on the Friday and that's when my doctor sat down with me and said, Tracy, we've got a big problem here. What was your reaction? I wasn't surprised because I figured by the Tuesday, by between Tuesday to Friday, I come to the realization, I, yes, I was diabetic, but I just knew I had to get it under control. And my doctor was really great in a sense of working one-on-one with me in a sense of working. She knew what I did as a career. She knew in a sense of what my lifestyle was at. So she looked at the different things to help me have a healthier lifestyle. And um, she, based on my levels, I should have been put on insulin right away. And she actually given me an alternative to try another medication to see if I could get my sugars under control. I didn't realize that was something that was possible. So you try that out. And it worked for me. Okay. And so I've never had to go on insulin. I was on um, oral medication. And oh. for me, it worked out to my advantage. And I've been able to, uh, over the time, wean right down to none. Wow. So, you know, I, I want to talk more about that with Dr. Titus as well after the break. Talk about symptoms, what people should be looking out for, and uh, treatments, and um, I guess the, the easier lifestyle changes we can make. Because I know we don't want to be alarming people, but this is obviously, if we have 3 million diabetics in Canada, and as you're saying, 60,000 new diagnoses uh, every year, then this is something that we should be trying to prevent, uh, 
because there are only so many things we can prevent in our life. <laughs> There's not a lot of control in many areas. Uh, so my guests today are talking about um, the the rise of type 2 diabetes, especially in younger people. So definitely something that you want to listen in on. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Taking a quick break. Back with more after this. This is The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. It affects 3 million Canadians and more and more young women are being faced with a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. So this could be yourself. It could be someone very close to you. November is Diabetes Month, which is why we want to address this really important topic because it, chances are, uh, will affect someone you know. Now, my guest, Dr. Richard Titus, family physician in Hamilton and associate professor of family medicine at McMaster University. Tracy Reese, the sleep doula. Many families with young children and babies know you. Um, She's an entrepreneur, a mother of two teenage daughters, and uh, at the age of 42, got her type 2 diabetes diagnosis. So that was, we were saying earlier, um, three years ago. And since then, you've lost how much weight? 90 pounds. So you had the weight to lose. Oh, I certainly did. (laughs) So now, what would have happened, Dr. Titus, if Tracy or someone at, like in her position just was ignoring the symptoms, which was like she just felt crummy. She, you know, she had low energy. She didn't feel great. Well, one of the, the worries of diabetes is, is the long-term complication of diabetes. So you can get heart disease, you can get heart attacks, you can get strokes, you can end up with amputations, going blind, kidney disease. 50% of kidney disease are diabetic kidney disease and also erectile dysfunction. So there's a lot of complications from not having your diabetics uh, treated or being at target. And the scary part is that only 50% of diabetics are at target. Now, what are some symptoms? Like, are there, is it really, really varied? Or are there a few key things that when someone comes into you and says, you know what, I've got this, 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 and this, that you start to go, ah, you know what, we should maybe get you tested? Well, sometimes it's just just like it kind of creeps up on you. Like Tracy was saying, you know, I just all of a sudden felt terrible. You know, I'm really tired. I'm really fatigued. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm drinking copious amounts of fluids. I'm drinking, drinking, drinking. I have to get up at night to pee. I don't know what's wrong with me. My vision is changing. So it's time to get, go to the doctor. It's time to get tested. Now, what are the risks if it's not managed properly? Because Tracy had mentioned <laughs> that she kind of had a little slip up because when she first got her diagnosis, you lost a little bit of weight and then you just got kind of comfortable because you felt like you had things in check. Right. So, and I would imagine that happens with a lot of people when they get a diagnosis because at first it's, the reaction is kind of fear, right? Like, I better change this really quickly. And then, you know, you see some positive results and maybe you get a little bit lax. Well, I think it's important that, that when you, when you have the diagnosis, you sit down with your doctor, you sit down with your doctor and say, what can I do? What can I do better? What do I agree to do? And, and every patient is different. So it's not, paintbrush approach, mm-hmm. but we have to say, well, for me, I can do this. If you're smoking, we work on the smoking. If, for example, it's educating patients. For example, I had one patient, she drank two glasses of apple juice a day because everybody knows apple juice is healthy for you. Of course. But <laughs> when I told her that one glass of apple juice had the equivalent of nine apples sugar, <gasps> wow, she goes, wow, you know, I've drank in a glass of apple juice, but I've never eaten nine apples. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's education. So if you educate 
the individual. That's really good. You empower, engage the individual. But also medication. So a lot of the times it's, it's lifestyle and medication working mm -hmm. hand in hand. You know, um, I we mentioned this sort of off air, which is that my father's side of the family, um, many of his siblings uh, have type 2 diabetes. They became diabetic in their later years, although I do have one uncle who's now in his 70s, but he uh, got his di diabetes diagnosis probably in his 30s. And when I was very little with my brother, we used to spend weekends with him. He used to take us for the weekends. And we just, it was sort of a silly thing to do, but we loved watching him get his insulin shots because sometimes he put it into his bum. So we would just like, we'd want to just watch him kind of like pull the, um, the waistband of his pants down and then he'd put the needle in his butt. But we were terrified of needles, but we just thought we were so fascinated by the insulin shots. But we also knew we never wanted one because we saw the needle, but we just thought it was sort of, we were so interested in it. And growing up, because I always had a sweet tooth, my mother was always on my case about my weight. I've never been a heavy person, but I, you know, carry my weight in the middle. And she would always like really, really come down hard on us about it because she was terrified of what might happen to us later in life. But we really thought it was an old people's thing. Well, you've got it. First of all, Faye, you got an amazing mom. Okay. <laughs> well, if you knew her a bit better, Dr. Titus, you would not say that. <laughs> so, so I think she instilled good lifestyle habits, which is great. And that's why you have to do it at a very young age. And on the other point about insulin, insulin was the go-to drug, but I'm happy to say that the medication has gotten better and better and better. The side effects are less and less. So in the past, if the, even the medication, you could gain weight on the medication. You could have hypoglycemic oh, episodes. Okay. You could have GI effects. Mm -hmm. But now the medication is so much better. There's like new medications like Jardiance that's come out. And um, this medication actually... You take it once a day. Oh, and, wow. And it actually helps lose weight. Mm -hmm. also helps control your blood pressure. So the medications are much better than they used to be. But again, it's not the medication only, but it's the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's moving hand in hand. And that's why it's important that you connect with your family doctor. Your family can, doctor will probably send you to, to a dietician, uh, to, to nurse, nurse uh, diabetic people, to mm -hmm. pharmacists. And it's working as a team to control your, your, your diabetes. And that's what's important. And it's not only for today in a week, but it's ongoing. Now, Tracy, what was the biggest challenge for you? Because you have a family, you have a business, uh, and suddenly you are expected to, to change your lifestyle. What was the most challenging? Um, I think the hardest part was especially eating with the family in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, when I first was diagnosed, I did eat with the family, but on the second time, I had actually had an intervention with my friends and my husband, and they had said to me, you know, we're concerned, your weight's gone back up. You know, we're, even my doctor was a concern that my sugar levels had started to creep up a little bit, so I knew I had to do something. So actually, the second time, I actually went a, a good period of time where I actually didn't even eat with my family. Um, I asked for my family to participate in the sense of helping, in the sense of, you know, cooking their own meals or, you know, working together, but I needed to eat apart from them because... Mm -hmm. As much as, you know, we try to eat healthy, I was trying to do, you know, no carbs and no sugar and, you know, it, so it's hard. Your family balance. didn't want to eat the way you were eating. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, I really needed to, when I really tried to grab my life under control the second time, it was a big 
you know, for me, I made that challenge in the sense that I needed to do this. And I really had to look around and say, okay, how was I going to do this? So I had to look at my work schedule. I had to look at, you know, my eating. And I had to also look for, you know, lifestyle changes in the sense of, you know, I always chuckle. I'm surrounded, and so are you, by nutritionist friends. And I oh, we to- <laughs> have so many healthy friends. <laughs> and I used to kind of send them little pictures of me, you know, where I'm taking pictures of, you know, organic um, brown rice crackers, which my kids will never touch, but I was touching kind of thing. And I was like, who am I eating yeah. this stuff? But I've made that change. All right. Well, thank you both so much. And, uh, you know, great advice. And I think people should definitely see their doctor if they have some concerns or if diabetes runs in the family. So uh, thank you both, Dr. Richard Titus and Tracy Reese, sleep doula after the break. Some great tips on bat- battling your winter skincare woes. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. More with Pei Chen on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. Pei Chen with you every Saturday from 3 to 4 p.m. If you want to find out uh, more info, you can always visit my website. It's PeiChen.com. I do put the podcast up there. Also, Twitter and Instagram, at Pei Chen. Help us fight dry winter skin with the latest in skincare trends is beauty expert Chantal Gerton, often seen on the Marilyn Dennis Show. Um, so, Chantal, let's talk about why it is that whenever this weather starts to roll around, we start dealing with like itchy skin, dry, flaky, like it's just, it's not nice. It's not not like in the summer when we're just glowing. It's so true. In the summer, it's deceptive because there's all of that humidity in the air. So our skin often feels and looks so gray. But as we move into fall and then to winter, There's quite a few things that happen. Of course, the cold, dry air that's outside, that is really harsh, the wind. And as well, when we're inside, we have dry heat pumping into, you know, our offices or our homes. Plus, we're always cold, so we tend to take hotter showers. And hot water strips all that moisture right out of your skin. So all of these things combined is really wreaking havoc. Plus, our daily routine is probably also, you know, most of us use a lovely foaming cleanser (laughs) in the shower with one of those puffs that, like, look so great and they lather up and you feel great. But that lathering agent is really stripping the oils out of your skin. Oh, really? Well, it's, you know, the bubbles feel so luxurious. They really do. And it's tricky. But the thing is, is that there are alternatives that can feel just as great that just don't have that foaming agent in them. Okay. So even though we we love the idea of these things that like um, make us feel good in the moment, but that are actually, so we're cleaning with things that are basically drying our skin. That's right. What's happening is we're stripping the oils natural, um, the natural oil right out of our skin. And so the best thing you should actually be doing is putting oil back into your skin. And that's a huge trend that has come along in the past year that I think is so exciting. And I love it because people are always surprised. So whenever I say you should be using an oil cleanser or putting an oil moisturizer Mm -hmm. on your skin, people think, oh, no, 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 I don't use oils. It's clogging my pores. You know, I don't want to break out. There's this misconception. And then they try it and then it's like this light bulb goes on where it's like, where have oils been my whole life? You know, it's funny because um, I just feel like in, the, in recent years where uh, we're sort of finding these new great discoveries just to help us out with our everyday skincare. So, you know, there's creams, you know, serums um, and now oils. And I've been using oils um, for the past few years, sort of like 
well, I was introduced to them by a friend who is also a beauty expert. And I was like, I don't, I don't know about this, but I've always had dry skin. So for me, you know, the oils worked amazingly. But I know for some people who have oily skin, or like you said, they break out, they're a bit more hesitant. Yes, definitely. And I can understand that. But the thing about oils are is that they actually penetrate quickly into the skin. Uh, and they don't sit on top of the skin. And that's when you'd actually break out. The other thing is, is that your skin needs oils. So we often, you know, when you have oily skin, you tend to over cleanse. It actually causes your body to produce more oils. So putting an oil on your skin actually just balances out the proper amount of oil that should be there. They don't clog. They're non-comedogenic. They're hypoallergenic. Um, they're really light. They're non-greasy, as opposed to oftentimes a really heavy cream that you're trying to use to put that moisture back in is what's going to clog your pores. So that's why it's so interesting about oils, how they can do that um, moisture without stripping your skin. No, the product that I've been using, you can find um, easily like at, at drugstores and everything, but uh, bio oil is one that I found, and my mom has been actually buying it as well. <laughs> But uh, I, you know, that's sort of like my go-to because I have that little um, travel size bottle and I use that. And at first I was just using it for some, my esthetician told me to use it on my cuticles because I, she's always like, your hands are so dry. Do you, you must clean a lot. You must wash your hands. I'm like, I do. I'm afraid of germs. So I'm always, especially in the winter when I touch the subway pole, when I touch a door, anything, I wash my hands right away. So at first it was, you know, I was using the oil on my cuticles and then a friend was like, you can use it, you know, on your face. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this out. I'm going to put this strange product on my face. And it's great. I use it for my hair. Like, there's a million uses for it. That is a great product. I started using that product, too, um, when I was pregnant because it's so great for preventing and getting rid of stretch marks. But that product is fantastic because, as you said, you can use it anywhere. You could use it for really dry spots like elbows and knees. Um, your cuticles is a fantastic space for it. It actually will remove your makeup without, you know, stinging your eyes what? or anything. I would, okay, yes. I have not used it for that yet, and so that's changed my life. It's a travel product, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it is. It, especially, I always throw it in my bag, you know, for the gym or traveling because it's kind of the one thing I can use so you can kind of just like get all your makeup off plus hydrate um, with one product when you're in a pinch so bio oil is kind of that original oil so it's funny you say that but a lot of people once they've tried bio oil for some reason uh, or another then they stick with it and that has been around since the late 80s then in the last couple of years this trend of like oh what about oils and you saw some prestige brands come out with oils you know cleansing oils mostly, but the problem is they can be quite expensive, you know, 50 to to $100 for wow. a cleansing oil. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to stick with that. The average person thinks like, okay, maybe that's a treat, but the problem is you need to keep consistency in your skincare regime, right? So what I love is this past year, um, I'm always looking for, you know, interesting new things that come on the market to feature, you know, on TV and things, but I also look for when it's like, okay, now this is becoming competitive enough that there's enough brands out there, it can bring the price down, and you can incorporate it into your regime for good. So a brand that I just love that just came out is Lipidol. All of their oils, they have cleansing facial oils, cleansing body oils, overnight face oil, they have an aftershave oil. So you're, you could do your whole line and they're all under $10 and they're available at Walmart. So you can just, anybody could access those and incorporate those into their routine as opposed to kind of looking for a, one splurge product that they probably won't stick with. 
Now, what makes it, I guess, what makes the, the more affordable line um, different? Because I would imagine, like you said, like when the trend becomes um, popular enough, there'll be other products that come out. So the one that you're mentioning, like the fact that it's affordable is great. So it's within reach. Um, but what makes something like that different when it comes to like, you know, moisturizing versus cleansing? Sure. So what, I mean, what they've done is they've discovered, figured out how to incorporate any of the ingredients that you would need either to cleanse your skin or to moisturize, but in an oil format. Um, Lipidol, for example, is keeping their costs down probably because the containers are plastic. So they're fantastic because also they're color coded. You can see the different colors of oils, but you can use those. um, You're paying for the product. You're not paying for the packaging. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what, what they've figured out is to get rid of that foaming agent. So for example, the cleanser, it's really cleansing your skin. It goes on just like an oil, barely need any. When you add a bit of water to it, it creates this creamy little bit of, it's not a lather, but it just almost takes it from an oil to a cream. So you can see it go a little bit white, and then that, the oil is attracting the dirt in your skin and extracting it. So that's an interesting fact is that oil attracts dirt and that's how it's cleansing your skin but at the same time it's putting the extra oil into your skin to moisturize it at the same time oh okay i'm like there's so much science behind it yeah i love that on especially (laughs) in beauty because that's when you know something's working so Mm -hmm. i'm always looking for those products right that you're like okay this is why it's working um and then of course any if you're you know putting an oil that's just a hydrating oil that it's it's going into your skin very quickly. So it's not sitting on top of the skin. Its particles are able to go right into the skin and just give your skin what the amount that you need to get your levels balanced again. Now, what are some common mistakes that you see um, with people and winter skincare? Because, like, you know, I've learned that you're not supposed to wash your face a million times a day. Yes, we definitely don't need to. A common mistake is washing your face in the morning, right? So you all you did was sleep. Like, how dirty did you oh, get? Oh, we got to feel, So really, just give your skin a quick rinse in the morning in the shower. And you also want to be using warm water, so not hot water, because that hot, the hotter the water, the more moisture you're going to be pulling out of your skin. Okay. So that you're already starting off your day yeah. in the wrong way. <laughs> um, and then the next thing is like, making sure you're always really well protected. So you want to be, you know, applying moisturization. So a good thing to do would be apply sort of a body oil so, mm-hmm. to, so that you can have your entire body hydrated, a face oil, and then protect again. So you want to be covering up, wearing gloves when you go outside, you know, wearing a scarf around your neck because I know a lot of women start to worry about, you know, their neck showing wrinkles mm-hmm. and age. But all of that is the more supple your skin, the less prone it's going to be to wrinkles because wrinkles are our, you know, side effect yeah. of your eye skin. Well, yeah, Chantel, thank you so much. Great tips. Really appreciate it. So we can get our winter skin all ready and beautiful. Uh, Chantal Gurdon, beauty expert from the Maryland Dennis Show. Thank you so much. Taking a quick break here on News Talk 1010. Back with more right after this. Now back to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio. News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. Pei Chen here. You can find out more online, PeiChen.com. I do put the podcast of the show up there. And with you every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 4 p.m. Now, 
I'd be surprised if you didn't know someone who is a vegetarian or vegan or someone who's just, you know, kind of experimenting with eating less meat in their diet. But uh, as you start planning your holiday dinners and parties, you might get a little stumped or confused as to how you can make a great meal that everyone can enjoy and then that one meatless person isn't just like left eating the mashed potatoes. So I've got vegan chef Lauren Marshall on the line. She's also a registered holistic nutritional consultant who specializes in plant-based food. Hey Lauren. Hi, what's going on? So uh, first of all, I'm pretty excited because you're in Halifax and that is where I grew up and I spent my childhood and my my parents are still out there. So I know that you've got a new uh, business out there. So it's called Coastal Healing. That's right. Okay. And what is is that? Um, It's just basically something that I started because I really wanted to get the information about plant-based eating and how and why it's so important for us. Um, out to a a big audience. So I teach lots of cooking classes, I hold retreats, and I do monthly meal preps for people in the local area. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. How long have you been um, a vegan chef? Well, surprisingly, it probably started, not surprisingly, but it started when um, around the time when I was on Top Chef. Mm -hmm. I... I was in the middle of my studies at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, uh, kept learning all these wonderful things, and everything just personally for me just kept pushing to a plant-based diet being um, really important. Now, I kind of stress that I don't push the vegan lifestyle and the diet on everyone, mm-hmm. but the more plant-based foods we can eat, the healthier and more functional our bodies can work. So that happened about three years ago. And yeah, I've been going strong ever since, but um, mostly plant-based for a good five years, just because it's so important. Now, what prompted that for you? Because I think it was uh, something to do in your family. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, when I was in culinary school, my mother actually suffered a series of mini strokes. And for a while, I was a little mad because I thought, how could someone eat so poorly and have their doctors keep telling them, you know, you have to watch your sugars and that type of thing for so long, and then this happened. So it's really uh, strokes and diabetes is very preventable if we consume the right food. Um, But then I, I turned that anger into passion, and I said, I really have to learn um, how to you know, fix this and mm-hmm. help people. So um, my mom graciously went on lots of different uh, meal plans with me, <laughs> and we were able to lower lots of her uh, blood sugar levels and that sort of thing. And I worked with her for a good eight years. Unfortunately, about a year and a half ago, she did pass from cancer. Oh, I'm sorry to hear but, that. But um, we, did, we did help her a whole lot, mm-hmm. and it was solely based on the plant-based diet. And Also a big um, kind of person I look up to is Dr. Furman, who uh, works with diabetes and cardiovascular disease and really helps people out through a plant-based diet. So he's kind of like my idol, and I follow a lot of his teachings. So if we talk a bit about, you know, the holiday season, and it doesn't have to be just for holidays, but I don't know of many people who don't know someone who is perhaps vegetarian or vegan. So when you start having people over, you don't want to exclude them. Yeah, Um, and you also don't want to go too far out of your way to cook something completely different. No. Yeah. I don't want to make two meals. (laughs) No. Nobody does. There's lots of of good things you can do. For one, there's tons of 
easy ways out at the grocery store. So you can kind of head to kind of the specialty aisle, and you could pick up um, already made products like the Eve's Ground Round, and you can throw together like a baked roast within minutes. I mean, you could take this, this ground round mixture, mix it with some, some oats, some egg or flax egg, which is basically a tablespoon of flax with three tablespoons of water, mm-hmm. and, and just throw in those holiday spices like sage and rosemary, um, even some crushed lentils or a little bit of steamed quinoa, and, and you can really form like this roast, roll it in some pecans and some cranberries, and bake it in the oven for 25 minutes, and you have like an easy meat um, option. And then, and then when you're thinking about side dishes, well, for me, that's my favorite, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all veggies. So really the easy thing to think about is, okay, don't use butter if you're, if you're cooking for a vegan, but there's tons of butters you could buy. Or I just like to take coconut oil and roast, um, like, garlic and rosemary and sage mm-hmm. with some onions, and then I use that as a base for Brussels sprouts, or I put that into the mashed potatoes. I use coconut milk instead of cream or cow's dairy. I use nutritional yeast instead of Parmesan cheese. So these are all kind of things that we can think about. Or or if you're using honey, like honey-glazed parsnips, Mm -hmm. um, just go for the maple syrup instead because people uh, choose not to eat anything that comes from animals where where honey isn't, it's not from animals, but it comes from It's true. Yeah, a lot of vegans, uh, they don't consume honey, which was, you know, and then you have to get around that a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, everything from scratch, and that goes back to my training as a holistic nutritional consultant. Um, you know, everything is whole and, and beautiful. So buy the Brussels sprouts, blanch them, go through that little effort, caramelize off your, um, you know, some garlic, and use coconut oil instead of using butter. And it still tastes amazing. And then you're feeding your meat lovers, but you're also uh, making your vegos really happy too, right? <laughs> well, because, you know, that's the thing is I don't want to have to make two separate meals and then I get a little bit stumped. And, and I think this happens for a lot of people because especially holidays, there's usually like a meat, a protein. It's sort of the centerpiece of the right. meal. So when you take that out, it can just seem like you're, for some people, it's like, well, we're we just eating sides or yeah. salad. So it's nice to know that you can, you know, with not a lot of effort. No, really doesn't have to be. Now, I know that you were recently in India. Yeah. And I, I Learning about something called Ayurveda, I don't, Ayurveda cooking, yeah. like I'm just very curious about what that is. Okay, yeah. So I headed to the south of India. South India is kind of the home of Ayurveda, and a lot of people have heard of Chinese medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Old traditional medicine. It's the same. Well, not the same, but it's it's in India too. So they have a very ancient style of of medicine dating back over five thousand years. And it's the holistic medicine of India. It's the oldest type of medicine that is out there. And a lot of our Western medicine has stemmed from, from Ayurveda, even some surgical equipment that was invented. Oh. So it stems back. It's really, it's really rooted into the, the history of the world because we're all affected by it, even if we don't know it. And Ayurveda really has to do a lot about the person, right? And same as holistic medicine. So you're really um, taking that person and you're, um, cre- you're figuring out their body type. And in Ayurveda, there's three body types. There's vata, pitta, and kapha. And there's, you know, different, um, 
characteristics that come with each of those that you may fall under. You could fall under all three of them, but most of the time you fall under one, and it could be like, say you take um, Vata, which is me. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of energy. Uh, You are a little bit drier, so you find you might have drier skin, taller. your hair is a bit thinner. A lot of times vatas are, have darker hair, um, very high energy. They need, um, they need to like kind of get that energy out, but also take rests, which again, in our, in our modern kind of world that we live in here, um, it doesn't work because we're expected to go to work and work 10 or more hours a day Mm -hmm. and we don't get to take a nap, but vatas need that. So, I'm like, where is that? I'm going to move to Europe, I yeah. think. But, so I'm yeah. confused. So uh, there's only three different there's types? Three different so we all types? fall under yeah. one of these three? So there, so, we all, yeah, we do. So it's a, when you say body type, it's like a physical description? It's physical, and it's, um, I guess you could say mental, too. So it has to do kind of with the way you think. Mm-hmm. So you have a kapha person, which is kind of like opposite to vata. They're very um, slow-moving. Um, but they also remember easily. So say vatas are quick to, um, quick to remember, quick to forget. Mm -hmm. Kafas take a little (laughs) bit longer to remember something, but it will stick longer. All right. Well, it's really interesting. And I think it's, it's kind of, it's cool, you know, to, to learn about like these ancient types of healing and cooking and then, you know, incorporate that. So, um, Lauren, thank you so much for your great tips. And if people want to find out more about you, they can follow you at at Coastal Healing, right? Absolutely. Or CoastalHealing.ca. Amazing. Thanks so much. Thank you. That's Chef Lauren Marshall uh, with great tips on feeding the vegetarian or vegan that you know or just eating more plant-based stuff. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me today on the show. Again, PayChen.com if you want to catch the podcast of previous shows. Have a great weekend and I'll be back next Saturday.